Yes, sir. Not much feeling, feeling better today. Both my fiance and I woke up, uh, pretty sick yesterday. We, I think it might've been these chicken strips we ate, unfortunately. Uh, but better now went went through it yesterday morning. That's for sure. But we had a, a good day of basketball and we, we've got some news happening today that we felt the need to cover and something that if you've been tuned into the hoops podcast for a while we've been talking about for weeks now Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah maintaining the cap spot for sure and getting the pick that you got yeah yeah Mm -mm. Yeah, our our opinions are a little different. Ah. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Tyrese Lamella. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly not. They won another championship afterwards. And I, I one thing that we didn't touch on uh, when you're talking about Bob Myers' accolades that I think needs to be number one, he signed Steph Curry to the best contract in NBA history that created that Lakers dynasty. Bob Myers, like, I, I, I'm going to come down on a little bit the opposite side as you here, but I... It's not to say that Bob Myers is not arguably the best GM in basketball right now. Um, and damn damn near it, because the parts that he is good at, he is the best at. The thing I I would like to say about this is when you have a guy like Bob Myers, I don't necessarily know what your appetite for it's not just Bob Myers there too. It also involves Steve Kerr and you still have Steph and Draymond and everyone. You're in a spot with Bob Myers right now where, or even last year, you would have had to offer him a big long-term deal going forward to maintain him. It would, it, you probably would have made needed to make him the highest paid or if not one of the, the top three highest. Yeah. I I think I think he was at the time he signed his last contract, but then he just like other people had surpassed him since he signed his last contract. So uh I I think that's the only reason he hadn't been near the top in uh salaries. I'm I'm I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure at the time he signed his last deal, he was one of the highest paid. But I what I was trying to say there is you would have had to lock in Bob Myers for a long term deal there, and basically entrusted him to build the next version of this organization. At this point, and you just had a snapshot into what Bob Myers looks like on a rebuilding team with three lottery picks in a two-year span and he didn't emerge with one single starter so i understand the reservation of a warriors team who knows there's probably if if that like two years left in this core with who knows who they're going to move on from and Steve Kerr is a guy who's dealt with health problems. You, you ne- also an incredible announcer, so you never know when he's going to necessarily want to make that transition. I think the reason the Warriors ended up making this move was looking at Bob Myers and 
not necessarily wanting to marry themselves to him specifically for the next generation of the team. And if you're going to make that move, you're going to want to make it now before you have to pay that more punitive luxury tax that's coming next year, as well as um, everything on on top of that with these uh, free free agents coming and that Jordan Poole contract. There's a lot of things you're looking at right now that are pretty high value money spending situation. So if you're in a position where you can save a little bit of money on GM and maybe entrust someone who I I think like a, is going to trust the next GM if reports are right. Yeah. So so if that's the case, if that yeah, if that's the case, if that's the guy you're bringing in and you want him to build the next team, I think this is the time you'd want to give him that fresh slate. And I think that's the reason they they decided to move on from Myers in, in the manner they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mhm. Well, the, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mhm. Yeah, oh no, I I was going to agree with you. The problem here is you brought in three young kids and you turned around and you had a championship team that had no room for them in the rotation to develop and figure it out. And especially last year, you had to grind in the regular season to get wins because you were coming off back-to-back less than impressive seasons. So you needed to like rebuild that chemistry, figure out how to win again after Clay came off those injuries. And the kids just didn't really have enough time to grow. They kept yo-yoing James Wiseman and Moses Moody back and forth to the G League. And... 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's fair. I think there, if you look at kind of all of the picks throughout this last half of Myers era, there is one recurring theme that comes back that that's been a mistake with his drafting. And he has repeatedly targeted guys who, kind of lack that basketball maturity and seem to fall in the draft because they lack that basketball maturity because he trusted his locker room to be able to coach it out of these guys. But the problem is if you don't have that basketball maturity, you're not going to play on a, a team that's winning playoff series. So they've had a complete inability to work those guys in it's pretty reminiscent to me actually of the 04 Pistons and the Darko pick because that that was the biggest mistake there they they had a team that couldn't work this guy into the lineup he was an incredibly talented player he wasn't mature enough to succeed in the league and just putting him with a bunch of talented mature veterans didn't teach him that didn't teach him oh this is how i need to be different He needed a situation that helped him figure it out on his own without just being in an established established system and kind of, quote-unquote, whipped into shape when he can't step on the floor. It, it, it's happened repeatedly. I think there's only certain organizations who can pull off being good, bringing in good players, and then... developing them the spurs are an obvious example of that the heat as well but clearly i think that was the the big miscue of the myers era and it's it's the thing to point to because hypothetically let's say he did better with the draft picks in the last few years There would be no reason on earth you could ever move on from someone like Bob Myers. So, like, you, I, the only reason I keep pointing to that is because it's, like, the only mistake on the guy's resume. <laughs> mm-hmm.
Oh, you hear it in Canada. You don't hear it in the national media, though. They are there ready to oust that guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to aim at general managers because they normally get poached from other teams in various roles, and uh, the league knows what they do specifically a lot better than we do as fans. However, it seems by all reports, the guy who's going to get this job in some capacity is going to be Kirk Lycup. Um There's also been reporting, uh, I've seen since then, that's, that's a Woj report, but that they're going to try to put an experienced front office around him. Which, if you're not new to FRPC, this will not be new to you. We've been talking about this. For weeks now, we've we've been pretty zeroed in on this being what's happening. Um, I think this can kind of work in conjunction with the dysfunction we've seen in this Clippers front office to this point. Um, Michael Winger getting hired away to be the Wizards general manager. And after their situation has kind of fell apart, I wonder if the... I wonder if they're going to come calling to bring Jerry West back to the Warriors. I think that's a guy who's proven himself in that organization before. They have a lot of respect for him. And I think having Jerry there to help mentor Kirk, a guy who, by all accounts, is actually putting the work in to become a general manager. I know, I know this is nepotism. I like I'm not trying to argue that it isn't 
But I'm just saying this case of nepotism seems more vaguely hopeful than other ones we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it would have been higher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I I just wonder as someone from the outside with the amount of changes that have happened in the front office in Golden State since that time, I wonder if 
some of the people he may have had animosity towards might be out of the building. I'm just, I'm not sure because I don't know who it could be, but it's just, there's been so much change since then that I, I think it's possible. So that's just the name. Like if, if you're golden state and you want to build a new era and that was the guy who helped you build the last one, that would be the guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I've heard this this before. Mm hmm Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> mm hmm. Just uh, quickly, one more name that popped into my head right now uh, as a guy who's known to be a stronger hand as well and has history in that Golden State system. I wonder if they'd have any interest in bringing Schlank back. I think he's a guy who might... might I Like, we don't know the relationship uh, Kirk Lakeup has necessarily with any of these guys, but... If he if he had any respect for him as well, he's currently I think not not looking for a job or anything, but I think that would be a job he'd have interest in. So I I'm I keep my eye out for that as well. Hmm.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. He is. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, he is kind of kind of low key the NBA's Mike Tomlin. <laughs> I think they're pretty similar in a lot of ways. I'm not sure. This this is another situation where um it's it's just hard to evaluate the interpersonal relationships within this organization for me anyways um i i we've heard reports like basically anything you hear about Kirk Lakeup up until this point is that he is in the building doing the work like there there are a lot of owners kids who get bad bad reports around them he hasn't been one of those guys to this point so i guess there could be some trust and belief between the two of them however in my mind like kerr is a guy who since being in the league has repeatedly had health struggles i talked about not being 100 percent sure about going forward with a guy like Ma- or bob meyer into the next uh, step in your organization, I think Kerr might be tied at the hip to guys like Clay, Draymond, and Steph. And I think as they start to age out and maybe leave this team, I'd expect Kerr to follow and God willing step back into the broadcasting booth because he was my favorite guy on the call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that would be perfect. I'd love that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it comes out sometimes. Yeah. You, uh -huh. mm. Yeah, I... <sighs> That would be a good move as well, what you kind of suggested there with um, Kerr maybe stepping into a front office role rather than like kind of a Brad Stevens style thing. Maybe you put Lakeb in a pseudo president of basketball ops role and put Kerr in as the GM and then hire a new coach. I could see something like that potentially happening as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jerry as well. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. Mm hmm Yes, sir. That's your work. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah. That's his guy. I I definitely see what you're saying. I could see uh, Draymond Exodus coming up and a Steph Exodus to follow. I just wonder if like their willingness to reposition at this time and how they've repeatedly kind of came to Draymond's back. I understand that that was... Uh, Meyer related previously however Kerr is also a vermin Draymond supporter the Jerry West in the front office previously and I think like if they end up bringing in another voice they it's going to be hard to find uh either in anal if it's a younger guy an analytics fan who isn't into what Draymond does on the basketball full floor or like in old head, it's hard to find an old head who doesn't like Draymond around the league. I just, it's one of those guys that like moving on from him would be such a monumental mistake for the organization that I, that it, it just makes me think they do this. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yes, I, I do know that Myers was a big Draymond supporter for sure, but I, I just think there is enough else that protecting Draymond in this organization and there are enough good basketball minds around especially like it it would be like a monumental ruination of this organization if the Lakers got rid of Bob Myers and Draymond in the same offseason and completely flipped this whole thing on its head oh Oh, we 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 got another big one today. Here we go, Kevin Young. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the the where where did that report come from? I'm trying to pull it up here on Twitter. I can't seem to find it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Young's coming. Um, 
Nah, probably not. However, no. Yeah. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which which owner are we discussing? Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm. Ooh, that would that one would be. I, you can't you can't hire above Rob, right after what he just did. Yeah, yeah, you just kidding. I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. He does. I. Oh, yeah, no. No, this is I if I'm Bob Myers, I'm not I'm not jumping back into it right now unless Balmer knocks down my door with like number 1 GM money in the league by a good amount. I'm not jumping back in right now. I'm taking a back seat and I'm seeing what's the best opportunity available next year cuz he'll be the top name on the board. Um, the only competition he might have, we, we talked about it earlier. There is some momentum, it seems, behind maybe Masai Ujiri considering leaving Toronto. Um, it, there's more than I've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a promised Maasai rebuild the second he took over the team. And that team, that was the DeMar DeRozan team. And instead he traded Rudy Gay for Grievous Vasquez and John Salmons and can't remember someone else as well. And it completely turned around the Raptors season. And they kept riding that momentum year after year until they finally got the championship. And now Masai has been in this job for how many years and has not even like acknowledged a rebuild possibility yet. It like this is the year now. I've I saw a rumor the other day that suggested if they lose Fred in free agency that they're the D'Angelo Russell team to look out for. And if that happens, man, like Masai is cooked. Like I don't know what else to say. It, we need Bobby Webster time by then. I, you can't be continuously fighting to stay a, a seven seed. It's just not the right way to do business. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I, un, it's unfortunate uh, he'd be a guy I'd kind of want to take, but the first thing I'm probably doing is evaluating the trade value for Jonathan Kaminga. Um, I want to see what I can get for him, and then if there's a possibility, I can make a Kaminga trade in conjunction with someone else. I'd, I'd be looking to do something like that. to improve for right now because as we've seen this team is pretty close there's uh, a lot they could do to get back into contention next year so that would be the first i the area i'd explore i'll say i i do think they're close they just won a title a year ago and like they they i think are just missing a few things The reason I'd be mainly exploring that Kaminga trade market, though, is because the second thing I'd do is I'd want to explore the Jordan Poole trade market. And if there is a world where I can turn Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga's contract and other draft picks into another player of consequence, I think that's that's a way you maybe could both save salary against that hard cap and get younger and get like another player future yeah definitely not the no i'm not i'm not making a move for for one year I would I would want to try and find a younger guy if I was them. I'd be targeting um, one of these these I don't know twenty five to thirty one year olds who's looking for a move. There is the Denver Nuggets are the Michael Porter team. Yes, yes, I'm going to. Yeah, yeah, I think you are. I think you are. Yeah.
Yeah, the, but this isn't the same thing. This is not Jermaine O'Neal. This is... I, yeah, maybe, but he could be a number two for like 11 games and then his back breaks in half again. I'm not trying to pump any more usage into a guy who's shown repeatedly that he gets hurt. Not only does he repeatedly get hurt, he comes from the family of the worst injury histories of all time. All his siblings get hurt. His parents get hurt. Like, Michael Porter Jr. is a fragile player, and I don't want to put him in any role any bigger than this. I love him exactly where he is. Leave MPJ alone. This might be a rocker moment. Yeah. Hmm. For who who acquiring Jeremy Grant just in general? Or oh Golden State? Oh yeah, no, he'd help them. He'd help them for sure. I think he'd be he'd be in mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, figure something out. I think he'd help them. I think he he adds more switchability. They'd need probably another big so they aren't relying too much on the combination of Looney and Green at the five. But I I think that would be a nice piece. It's like kind of like a huge upgrade on that Jamichael Green piece they've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah, and hopefully like another year removed from injury, Gary Payton will uh, re- capture some of what he had in that title run for the Warriors as well. So I think they got I I wouldn't move on from Moody as well. That I was gonna get to that before when you're talking about the first moves for Kirk like uh, he'd be the guy who I think he right now he fits into this team and he can be a role player. He just needs to to get out on the court more. And I I trust his defense. Yeah. Great tire. Excellent tire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not sure it'll be like the tank jobs we've seen from other teams like Houston and Detroit in recent years. They're not going to go get down that low. I know you weren't necessarily implying that. I'm just making it clear. I think they're um, probably, though, going to move in the direction of a rebuild. I think that's, that's something Winger uh, has shown the ability to do before. So I, I'm... Got, I've got some faith in him. I think the the big thing it all comes down to is what goes on with Bradley Beal at this point. Because he still has that no trade clause. 
and that really restricts the the places you can trade him. Um, I I'd like to see him moved and him in a winning situation, though it seems like he he doesn't want that. So I I'm really interested to see the way that situation evolves throughout the year, and then. Uh, also on the winger side, as we kind of touched on earlier in the Bob Myers situation, this shows that there's going to be some major changes in Clipperland. Uh, we know they've disappointed through this entire Kawhi, Paul George era. They've officially lost the trade at this point. Shea is better than PG and all the draft picks and everything else that came along. Um, Kawhi and Paul... I feel like we're moving towards maybe a different looking Clippers team next year. Um, I'm surprised we haven't really heard any buzz about it yet, though the Clippers do tend to move in silence, which is also why you didn't hear anything about this winger move before it happened. Uh-huh. They, they are very good at that. So I, I think we're gonna, we're going to hear something in the uh, probably closer to the start of free agency, like how it happened with the PG and Kawhi thing. I I would keep a very close eye on the Clippers though, because I think this team that has currently like 12 rotation quality players is going to look completely different next year. And that because of the sheer amount of players who can play they have, it's going to also shape other teams in the league. Yeah, clearly. Mm-hmm. I think definitely. I wonder if they could bring Doc into their front office. Just seeing as how vital he was once upon a time for the organization. I'm not thinking of him necessarily in a major decision-making role, but there are things he could definitely do in terms of relations with the community, relations with the players and stuff. So I'm just like, if Doc wants to take a step back from coaching, and doesn't necessarily want to jump into the booth right away or anything. I I wonder if the Clippers could bring in a guy like that, who I know Balmer does have a lot of respect for as a man. <laughs> no, no. Mm-hmm. Can't be done. We do. Yeah. Oh man, I they or they don't have more Caleb Martins. 
they do. And he's keeping his job. Um, I guess, I guess realistically, a first-year coach getting to Game 7 in the conference finals, you probably should keep your job. That being said, I think he he wasn't. He clearly wasn't cut out for this at this point. Um, I I was I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they man, they need some changes at the at the least. I yeah, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not. on his Bill Russell. I I'm not sure that he'll quite get away with that. I I was joking the other day that maybe they should call up the Jazz and say Jalen Brown for Will Hardy, but I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what the Yeah, that's the dream. That's the dream. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. yeah man that I I don't know I'm not I'm not super hopeful for the Celtics team going forward especially with Jason Tatum basically pitching a fit this evening and saying hey if Jalen Brown doesn't get paid I'm going to be really upset I oh I think they're going to be locked into 600 million dollars or whatever the hell it is for those two guys and with a coach I don't necessarily believe in, this is a team that just looked like they were on the precipice of, uh, no, no. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well no, it's it's okay. Like I guess, I guess if you want to call Caleb or Jimmy Butler the Finals MVP even though Caleb Martin was the better player defensively and offensively throughout the entirety of the series. I've heard the argument that the first two games of the series also hold a lot of weight. And it seems like we've forgotten about how good Jimmy was in those games. Caleb Martin was also excellent in game two. He was incredible throughout this whole series. He just happened to have his two best games at the end. He had very strong games in games two, three, and four as well, though. I... Yeah, he got himself wide open several times especially in the mid-range. In Game 7, over and over, this guy was dribbling into his own shot. Like, Caleb, I, I understand that, that Jimmy and Bam created for Caleb as well, 
but Caleb did way more of it on his own than any of these other guys. I like Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are two guys who I believe in, uh, and I think they could get paid this coming off season. But Caleb Martin did more in the self creation game than than a lot of guys. Like you look at his game versus a guy like Austin Reeves, and I think offensively they're pretty similar, but defensively Caleb Martin's in a different category. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you need a coach who coaches defense. He did. He did. Yeah, game six. Game six, man, he had like three wide open threes at the end of the game that if he hits any of them, this never gets to a game seven. The Yeah, the Celtics just have not had the ability to cover these shooters at all they're really struggling here i man (sighs) often there's talk about coaching being less important in basketball than other sports because you you go and look at how important it is in football and uh sports like hockey etc but this celtics team is a perfect example of how important coaching truly is because it goddamn messed their entire team up here they still got to game seven in the eastern conference but there is no way they have a championship ceiling right now hmm Oh yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I. Oh man, I, and dribbling is like I would argue. <laughs> Shanghai, the Sharks. Yeah. Guangdong Tigers. Uh but man, man, dribbling is generally one of the harder things to improve too. And especially a guy like Jalen Brown at this point in his career. Uh, like he can work at it all he wants, but to be good enough that he's worth that contract, I, I, the jury's out on that one for me. I, I, well, his, he, I, I think I'll defend his defense because he did not play great defense in Game Seven at all, but his games. Or his defense in game six, especially late in the game after he was in foul trouble, w- w- felt to me like the reason they were still in that game. He played excellent defensively and just using verticality, but continuing to contest 
and steal balls despite being in foul trouble. And his impact on the offensive glass was very felt. That being said, this is not a $50 million player. This is the 40th best player in the league, something like that, somewhere in that range as far as I'm concerned. So this... No, no, man. I, I'm way out versus consensus on him. Though I, I just think his defense, his defense was, yeah. I, man, I think he's one of the best number two options. I think, I think that's the type of guy you're looking at. And that 40th, maybe, maybe uh, 40th is a little too far. Maybe he's like 32nd best player in the league, something like that. But I'm, I definitely don't have him in those top 25 guys. No, no, he's nowhere near the top. The top 15 yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, man, that, that, like, you watch regular season games, and when teams let him dribble, it's the same thing. That's, like, this is the story on Jalen Brown. He can't figure it out. People often comp him to Clay Thompson for that real, but, Matt, for that reason, sorry. Man, Clay Thompson can triple circles around this guy. It's, it's not great for Jalen. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, Bam and Jimmy played bad in the back half of the series for the most part. Jimmy, Jimmy came around, of course, and play had a great game seven. But like, they they played like bad through the first three quarters of most games.
Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the whole Eastern Conference. You can basically say that too at this point because those boys have just been cooking. The undrafted free agents in Miami are better than the first overall picks on any other team. No, especially because the rules changed. Especially because the with the new exceptions on second second round picks for the three year and four year extensions, we're not going to see those good players who advocate to go undrafted anymore. And normally Miami is a very good team at picking those guys up, as is Toronto. So they've been able to parlay that into success in the league. That's not going to happen as commonly because players are going to be campaigning for those exception contracts, which can pay them more than any other deal they can get after being a first-round pick, after a first-round rabbit. Mm-hmm. We do. They are. Just to to bring it back to tradition, I'm going to pick against Miami for the the 100th time this offseason. Uh, I keep picking against them, and they keep beating me. So I'm trying to make it happen again by picking against them here. Uh, I, really, I really love this Miami team and the story behind them. I, I can't wait to watch the 30 for 30 on them like 20 years from now. So I, I, I'm rooting for Miami in my heart, but I, I'm also rooting for Jokic to get himself his first ring. The way this Nuggets team looks right now, though, they might be back again. So if this is Jimmy's only chance and Jokic gets one or two or three or four more, I really hope Jimmy is the one who walks away with this championship. Uh I'll say Nuggets in uh, six. I was struggling between five and six. I... Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I Oh yeah, for sure. He's he's been absolutely insane. I heard uh our Zach Lowe talk on his podcast about a corollary between this series for the Heat and the Lakers. And he talked about how the Lakers came out of the Warriors series having to play small and then go up against the Nuggets who are huge and it took like an adjustment period. And it's similar for the Heat who have to play against small against the Celtics. And then they're going up against this Nuggets team where you have to play huge. So for that reason, I'm I'm wondering if we see Kevin Love again. They they spoke about this as well, but I I kind of have a little more belief in Kevin Love in this series, and I think it, just because of the absolute lack of girth on Miami overall. It might make more sense to put Kevin Love on Jokic just to just to put him on, yeah use him on Gordon or uh, maybe maybe use him as like on KCP and then uh, Caleb Martin on Gordon or something just to leave leave it so he can just float around there and hopefully also provide pressure against Jokic I I wish they had like a a JaVale McGee type to uncover or Hassan Whiteside type just to to throw out there and give a few more minutes just so they had another body with size but unfortunately Kevin Love's the only real chance they have there and uh I think they're gonna go to it early uh, again, I, I just hope it works. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, mess. What did you stop yourself from saying? <laughs> you... <laughs> oh.
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. To to be clear, I have picked against the Heat four different times in this playoffs. I picked against them in the first round. I picked against them in the second round. I picked against them in the third round. And then I, I, I picked them to win after they were up 3 nothing. And then in game seven, I counted them out again. And then they went, they went out and won that one too. So if if they just go and win this championship, I I would be very excited for them, and I hope they do it. Which is so weird to be like rooting for the Miami Heat in the finals when they're normally like the bad guys. But I'm rooting. For them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out Tony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one day for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're over. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I talked to him not long ago. I can message him. But, Mm-hmm. What else is new? The finals, yeah. No, I think that's I think that's good. I'm I'm very excited for these finals to get started and to get uh dive straight into draft season. So uh, stay tuned here for a lot more FRPC hoops coming forward. Ha, ha, ha.